Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslander. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on April 10th, 2022. Are you listening carefully? Oh yeah, I can tell. Okay. Are you listening carefully? Because here's the heart of the message. I'm giving it to you right up front. Be like Jesus. Don't be like the Pharisees. Be like Jesus. Don't be like the Pharisees. You got it? And all the people said. Since you're still here, then maybe I think I should describe the Pharisees. Because strains of Phariseeism still exist today, even in the church. So, so let me describe them for you. Pharisees had strong opinions about everything, usually without any basis in fact. They were narrow-minded, highly critical of others with an I'm better than you attitude. They were professional guilt peddlers who loved to point out the sins of others while expertly hiding their own. They worked hard at appearing to be godly people, but they didn't recognize holiness when he stood right in front of them in the person of Jesus. They spoke of love, and they practiced hate. They were classic hypocrites. Now, here's the problem. That description I just gave you is the same description that outsiders outside the church often say about us. You've heard it. So we need to work harder to be like Jesus and not be like the Pharisees. We need to root out any Pharisaical tendencies in our own lives. We need to make a conscious decision and then live it. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm not just going to be religious like the Pharisees. We're up to Luke chapter 6 in our study of the Gospel of Luke. And it's easy to see that there are two big things happening. One is that the number of believers and disciples is increasing. And at the same time, you can see the number of haters and criticizers and the anger towards Jesus, especially by the Pharisees, also increasing. And this anger and their actions that result will ultimately lead Jesus to the cross. So I want you to think about today, why were the Pharisees so angry and so hateful? It may have started with something as simple as jealousy. He wasn't one of them. He had power they didn't have. Crowds flocked to him and not to them. So they were jealous of his success. But this success quickly led to jealousy and then anger and then hatred and then actions that led Jesus to the cross. So in our reading today, 11 verses, see if you can see the mistake that the Pharisees made because they made them constantly throughout his ministry and oftentimes religious people today still make those same mistakes. So think it through. We want to be like Jesus and not like the Pharisees. Our text is Luke 6, verses 1 through 11. Let's stand together as we read it. 
Luke 6, verse 1. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful to do on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. You may be seated. And I want you to think about this, because this presents a beautiful portrait of Jesus and a very ugly picture of the Pharisees. And I want you to understand the saddest part of it all was the Pharisees should have been Jesus' biggest fans. From their perspective, they claimed to love God. They, they claimed to love the scriptures. They claimed to love the law. They attended worship every week. They tithed religiously. They fasted twice every week. They were zealous and devoted to the extreme Jesus should have been able to get all of his disciples and then some from the Pharisees, but it didn't happen. And I want you to think about why not? What mistakes did the Pharisees make? Because I don't want us to make them today. I don't want us to be at all at Avondale Baptist Church like the Pharisees. I want us to be like Jesus. So let's think through what mistakes did the Pharisees make. Number one, they looked for sin rather than truth. Twice in this passage, you get the, the idea that the Pharisees are very purposely watching Jesus intently. Jesus and the disciples are walking through a grain field. There were people watching him. Perhaps a better word would be spying on him. And they watched him very closely in a synagogue Many people think they actually planted a man with the crippled hand right in front of Jesus just to see what Jesus might do. Now, you know all the time, I tell you to look to Jesus, study Jesus, think deeply about the words and actions of Jesus. These are normally good things, and I encourage them all the time. But the Pharisees weren't looking for truth. They weren't seeking answers. They weren't asking, who is this Jesus? Is he for real? Their minds were already made up, and they were looking for things to criticize. And so they found fault, at least perceived fault. Because anytime you're looking for fault, rather than truth, you're going to find it. A wise man once sat outside his town, old-fashioned town, sitting there at the gates. 
And a traveler came up to him and said, I have a question for you. What kind of people live in this town? And he said, well, the wise man said, first let me ask you a question. What kind of people live in the town where you're from? He said, thieves, murderers, and the scum of the earth. He said, then I'm sorry for you, but you're going to find the same here. Same wise man, same town, another traveler came up to him and asked, man, tell me, what kind of people live in this town? And he said, first, let me ask you this, this question. What kind of people live in the town you're from? He said, honest, hardworking, the salt of the earth. He said, then you are doubly blessed because you're going to find those same people here. I hope you can see the point. Look to criticize, and you will find something to criticize. Look for good, and you will find good. The Pharisees would have found love and truth and eternal life if they had come to Jesus with an open mind. Even if they were skeptics. But let's go see. I'm not sure there's anything to this Jesus man. He might be a hypocrite, but let me watch and let me see and let me think it through. Then Jesus would have explained truth to them. But they came looking only to criticize. And they found a reason to do so. They came as enemies, not seekers. And so they already had their decision made up. I... Uh, you probably know I kind of like to debate. And I had a friend of mine that I used to debate all the time. And, and honestly, I, I kind of consider myself kind of a, a good debater. And I remember the time in which I was winning this debate. And he said this, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is already made up. That's exactly what the Pharisees were doing about Jesus. They had already determined he's not the Messiah, he's not a good man, he's a hypocrite, and we are going to find it. So listen, whether we're talking about other people, whether we're talking about faith, don't make up your mind about people or ideas or new things ahead of time. Seek truth. Seek reality. Seek what is right. Seek God. And if you do, you're going to find right and you're going to find God every time. The Pharisees made the mistake. They determined they knew what was right before they knew what was right. And they stuck to it to the bitter end. They looked for sin and not for truth. Now, the second thing they did was that they misinterpreted Scripture. Now, listen. Before we criticize them too deeply, remember that the Pharisees were right, at least up to a point. Men are not supposed to harvest grain on the Sabbath. Men are not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. That is the Old Testament law, and some of the Old Testament verses about that are as blunt as can be. For example, Exodus 31.14 says, Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. So, so, so they had pretty good scriptural background. That were the only verse in the Bible. If that were the only verse in the Bible, then the Pharisees were right. 
but they misinterpreted scriptures just as some of us do today because they took one verse out of context, they ignored the whole, they failed to listen to Jesus, they refused to understand the intent of the law or the heart of God. Even when Jesus gave them other Old Testament examples, what about when David took bread in violation of the law in 1 Samuel? Have you thought about that? And then he added a distinctly New Testament thought. I, the Son of Man, Jesus, is the Lord of the Sabbath. You can't follow the law while you're ignoring the law giver. I created the earth. I created the Sabbath. I wrote the law. I am the Lord. And apparently that went right over their head. Or they just ignored it. Later, he asked them a, a good question. A logical question based on the law. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath and to heal? Or shall we do evil instead? Will you really tell me that I can't relieve this hurting man's suffering? Have you so misunderstood the heart of the Bible and the heart of God? Then he looked around, and apparently none of them even tried to answer. And he called the man up, and he said, stretch out your hand. And the man with the shriveled hand stretched it out, and he was healed. But instead of praising God, they stuck to their hateful misinterpretation and raged against Jesus. They misinterpreted the Bible. <clears throat> now, listen, because believers in the church, we need to learn to do this. Before we speak on right and wrong, before we claim to speak for God, before... We need to understand the whole Bible, understand the heart of God, <coughs> understand the heart of Jesus, understand wisdom, and then speak truth. And if there's any doubt about what we believe, any doubt at all, we look to Jesus, who is God himself, and is Lord of the Sabbath, <coughs> and every other Jesus is our ultimate, the one we look to. And so if you're going to focus on part of the Bible, yes, read the Old Testament, <coughs> read the letters, read Revelation, read the histories, read the prophets. But the ultimate interpreter of right and wrong is Jesus himself. And they misinterpreted scripture by leaving that out. <coughs> Excuse me. I told you that I love to debate. I debated a professor one time when I was in seminary. I lost that debate. <laughs> but I thought he had said something wrong, and so I went up to him afterwards, and, and I pointed out a verse, and, and I may have been a little on the vociferous side, because it, it says it right here in black and white, and it means what it says. I'm glad he was a man of compassion. But it took me a long time to understand his answer. He said, Jack, it doesn't mean what it says. It means what it means. Go deeper. 
compare other verses. Look at it all. Seek God. One verse is not enough to build your doctrine on or your morality on or your sense of right and wrong. And see, that's what the Pharisees were doing. They had their favorite verses. They ignored the rest. They could pull verses out of Exodus and other places and not have to worry about understanding the heart of God, not having to worry about whether Jesus was the Son of God or was the Messiah. They, they, they could say to him what I said to the press. It says right here in black and white. And Jesus taught him, you need to go a little deeper. You need to pray a little harder. You need to understand the Bible as a whole in the heart of God and the love of God. I don't want us to become Pharisees. And so we can't be those like the cult groups who take one verse of Scripture, twist it, turn it, and make it say something that's in violation of the whole Bible. That's what the Pharisees did. They, they looked for sin and not truth. They misinterpreted Scripture. And maybe the heart of their mistake was that they valued the law more than love. To the Pharisees, honestly, the man with a shriveled hand was a nobody. He was a prop to prove their case. A gotcha. They had no concern, no compassion, no gratitude, no praise even when he was healed, only rage. They had hearts the size of mustard seeds. To Jesus, the man with the shriveled hand was a man. He had a need, Jesus cared. He hurt, Jesus had compassion. He was limited, Jesus had the answer. Jesus had love and a heart the size of a mountain. And so Jesus healed him. Now, remember, Jesus, he, he didn't violate the law. He knew the law. He was God. He was there on Mount Sinai when God gave the, the tablets to, to Moses. He knew the intent of the law and that it was done for our good because God loved us. And so the law is never to be used for evil or to limit good or to limit love. Anyone who uses the law as an excuse to do evil is breaking the law, for love is the greatest law. And the Pharisees never understood that. Anyone who uses the law as a reason not to do good is breaking the law. Love is the greatest law. Love God and love others as yourself are the heart of the law. And as Jesus said, all of the law is fulfilled in them. The Pharisees studied, memorized, quoted, and thought they were living by the law. They worshiped religiously, they tithed, they fasted. But the thing that should have been at the heart, the top of their list, love for God and love for others, was overlooked, especially the love others part. Don't you even care about the man with the shriveled hand? Apparently for them... Not at all. If you love rules, if I love rules and regulations and laws and procedures more than you love people, then you're in danger of being a Pharisee. Let me say that again because I want you to think about it. If you love rules and regulations and laws and procedures more than you love people, you are in danger of being a Pharisee. What people did Jesus love? I went through Luke again in its entirety this week. 
let me give you a partial list. We see Jesus loved men with shriveled hands. He loved people with contagious diseases. He loved people with demonic spirits and mental issues. He loved mothers-in-law. He loved paralyzed people. He loved tax collectors. He loved sinners. He loved servants. He loved foreigners. He loved widows. He loved the sons of widows. He loved prostitutes. He loved women with chronic bleeding issues. He loved 12-year-old dying girls. He loved hungry people. He loved boys with seizures and convulsions. He loved people of other races. He loved people of mixed races. He loved disabled women. He loved men with serious disease. He loved prodigals. He loved lepers. He loved the rich and the young. He loved infants and children. He loved blind beggars. He loved cheating businessmen. I could go on. Those are all stories about Jesus' love from this one book, the Gospel of Luke. It's clear that he loved all people with an intense focus on the poor, the hurting, the sinful, and the needy. If your life is devoted to helping them, listen to me carefully. If your life is devoted to helping them, then you are a Jesus follower. If you have reasons and laws and regulations and procedures and excuses that keep you from loving and doing good to others, you're a Pharisee. You see, both Jesus followers and Pharisees are religious people. But the heart, the distinct mark, the sign that shows a follower of Jesus is that they love other people and do everything they can to help them. Pharisees have reasons, excuses, laws, procedures, days why they can't love and why they can't help. And that's the difference between a merely religious person like the Pharisees and followers of Jesus. So understand what I'm saying. Be like Jesus. Don't be like the Pharisees. They were such religious people, honestly, they would make good Southern Baptists. They'd be here every time the door was open. They'd tithe. They'd insist that we follow the Bible. They might misinterpret it and misunderstand it, but they would insist that. They would be devout, zealous, but they would have missed the whole point because they misunderstood the love of God. Pharisees, church members, that value love are the law more than love. Don't understand the heart of God. And then they did what Pharisees do today. They fueled their anger. So angry Pharisees met with more angry Pharisees which turned their anger to rage. Verse 11, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. And there's a danger. No matter what you're angry about, when angry people begin to meet with angry people, it's going to go bad. In today's terms, they got on the blogs and social media and they shared lies and they watched news shows which specialize in making people mad. Listen, why do people fuel anger? Just understand, because 
political parties and groups and sometimes churches and religions are trying to make you mad because anger accomplishes things. It raises money. It wins elections. But it also destroys the character of the angry and sometimes the lives of the target. It led the Pharisees away from God. But they couldn't see it through the red and the rage that fueled their eyes and filled them. And it led directly to the crucifixion of Jesus. I would have hoped there would have been a wise man in this discussion after service. Okay, are we really going to hate and think about arresting and maybe even crucifying a man because his disciples ate some grain and because he healed a man that we couldn't heal. But even if a wise man did ask those questions, anger destroys the ability to think clearly. Angry people simply don't listen. Well, there were a few good Pharisees in the New Testament, but very few. Nicodemus, Joseph, and some others. But most of them just got together with other angry people and it turned him into some of the most ungodly people who had ever lived. If you don't want to be a Pharisee and a hypocrite, refuse to allow your anger to be fueled by other angry people. There's a limited time and place for anger, but treat anger like an unexploded bomb with the greatest possible caution and deal with it quickly. Move beyond the anger stage as soon as you can. Anger was a constant for the Pharisees. It shows up a few times in Jesus and the disciples, but it was always dealt with quickly. So are you a Jesus follower? Are you merely a religious person like the Pharisees? I want you to think about it. And I'm going to end like I started. Be like Jesus, not the Pharisees. Be like Jesus, not the Pharisees. Now, you may have seen many things from this passage that you need to deal with in your own life. I want to give you two of them. Number one, I'm going to ask you to learn to use the Bible correctly. Spend your life and your time and your energy in understanding the Word. And do so before... Do so before, do so before you spout your opinion. You need to learn to speak from God's perspective, and that only comes with wisdom, and wisdom only comes when you know the law and the lawgiver, the word, the truth, the Bible, and you put it all together. You're not building your case on one verse. You know God, you know the heart of God, you know the love of God. And then you can speak from God's perspective. Don't speak from a verse or two. Don't speak from what Jack said. Speak on behalf of God. Only when you have studied and prayed and are sure you know the heart of God. So learn to use the Bible correctly. That's not a quick fix. This is not going to happen by next week. This is not going to happen by next month. This is not going to happen by next year. 
It has to be a lifelong pursuit. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. And when I'm in doubt, I'm not going to pull a verse out of the Old Testament to prove my point. I'm going to look to the words of Jesus himself. Because since he was God and he was the one that wrote the law, he is the only one I fully trust to interpret the law. And so I'm going to focus on the words of Jesus. I'm not putting down the rest of the Bible. It's all inspired by God. But if doubt, this says this and this says this, I'm going to ask the question, what did Jesus say? How did Jesus do it? And look to him. As he said, he is Lord of the Sabbath and every other law. So learn to use the Bible correctly. And number two, learn to love and to put it into action. Today, tomorrow, every day. Jesus made it clear both by his own actions and by his own words that love is the one undeniable mark of the Christian and of a Jesus follower. That we love all people. And especially we focus on loving the hurting and the needy and the sinful. Without that, we're merely religious just like the Pharisees. We could be zealous, devoted, but without love for others and without a life devoted to helping others, we are not really followers of Jesus because that was his heart, that was his life, that was his ministry, that's what he did. Right on up to the end of his earthly life when he died on the cross, Oh, yeah, the Pharisees brought him to that, but he did it purposely as the greatest act of love in human history. I will die for Jack because he's a sinner and he needs forgiveness. I will die for the members of Avondale Baptist Church because they're sinners and they need forgiveness. I will die for the people of Avondale and Maricopa County and Arizona and the United States of America and every nation in the northern hemisphere and in South America and in the Middle East and in Africa and Asia and Australia and anywhere else. I will die for them because I love them and I want them to turn to me in faith. The undeniable mark of a Jesus follower is that we are like Jesus. And the one thing that should be true of every single one of us every day is that we love God and we love others, all others. Be like Jesus. Don't just be religious like the Pharisees. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net. And you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.